We are here for the 42nd Ordinary Summit of the SADC. You, of course, started with the Council of Ministers in preparation for the actual summit. Can we talk about some of the outcomes of that meeting? Certainly. Um, the Council of Ministers meeting went uh, very well. Uh, DRC is now in the chair. Malawi handed over to the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, we had a meeting over two days with a very large number uh, of decisions to, uh, to make, uh, ranging uh, from political development, security, uh, and a range of other matters, employment uh, of uh, new senior uh, staff within SADC. So we dealt with the wide ambit of, of issues, and I think uh, we made some good decisions, and uh, there are indications that SADC continues to do well. Now, one of the issues that came up at the last one in Malawi was the issue of uh, promotion of tourism in the region, issues of bringing in non-state actors like civil society organizations. Are we moving in that direction where in civil society gets to participate and have a say in, in their future outcomes? Well, I think uh, a framework for such uh, coordination is being developed and I think is close to finalization. But I've noted with interest that civil society organizations are meeting here in Kinshasa and intend to present the outcomes of their discussions to the executive secretary, who they hope uh, will take these through. Uh, to the heads of state uh, when they meet during the summit. I don't know how that process will work, but I'm aware that there is a meeting of quite a number of organizations right here in Kinshasa, and they will be submitting uh, their, their viewpoints. So in terms of uh, the plans with non-state actors, uh, things are, are moving uh, well and there will be, uh, uh, I hope, greater collaboration in the future. We've also agreed on uh, amending the treaty in order to have the SADC parliament as one of the institutions of the organization. This has been in discussion over many years and we're now at a point uh, where we are recommending to the heads of state that the treaty should be amended uh, to provide uh, for this. So that is, I think, uh, a great progress because it uh, reflects the maturity uh, of our regional organization and allows us then both to have uh, members influencing our regional legislative institutions, well, essentially our countries, our national legislative institutions, but then also, I hope, feeding into the uh, Pan-African Parliament, uh, which is hosted uh, in South Africa. I'm very pleased that uh, we've now agreed that we must have a SADC Parliament. Regional economic integration is very key. It also speaks about issues of infrastructure, and this has been in discussion for many, many summits at the SADC. Are we at a point where we're starting to implement this in the light of the African Free Trade Agreement to say, if you want to talk about movement for movement of goods, you have to talk about the infrastructure, the railways. Has there been movement in the SADC region in terms of getting towards uh, that idealized goal? From the report uh, that we discussed of the regional industrialization uh, development strategy, there is some movement, but not enough. 
uh, actually, as the outcome uh, of the meeting, uh, uh, we discussed uh, doing some research uh, to more properly identify uh, value chains where we could have seamless integrated regional production of particular goods. We agreed that the automotive sector offers an opportunity uh, that we should look at as the region. We also agreed that agro-processing uh, is an area we should give greater attention to because some of us are good producers, others may be excellent at refining or value addition. So uh, we've asked the executive secretary to initiate a data gathering uh, research initiative which will help us to identify a set of goods and processes which would become part of the overall strategy of SADEC, uh, which is directed toward enhancing intra-regional trade. And we hope as we improve the uh, uh, quality of the goods that we will produce and the diversity that indeed we will move to intra-African trade. Because I'm saying this in the background of Zambia having done well in the last couple of months where their currency has actually seemed to arrive on par in South Africa. Then brings in the question, the standardization of, of, of the single market in the region, the, the, the taxation issues, and basically getting to be on the same page in order to pursue the issues of the African free trade. Have we all ratified? the free trade agreement in the region? Well, the region has. What we haven't finalized is with respect to SACU. Yes. Uh, the uh, submission of our uh, offer on, on goods. Uh, there's still discussion among the four SACU members. Uh, but we have made progress uh, as the region. I do think uh, that some of the growth that we're seeing uh, uh, looks uh, you know, significant because it's a post-COVID era. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have, you know, fits and starts because we're coming from quite a low base. Um, so I would want to look more at sustained uh, growth in particular countries, strengthening of currencies and so on. The situation is still very volatile. Uh, the food uh, prices are causing quite a disruption as uh, is the high cost of fuel. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure that what we're seeing now gives us a, a full sense of the strengthening of the economy of the region. But there are promising signs and we need to build on those. I just think we should be alert that we come from a very difficult period and went into another difficult one uh, with the Ukraine-Russia war and the impact on food and fuel prices, which have the knock-on effect, as you can see uh, in South Africa, on inflation, on high food prices, and other areas of cost. So uh, I, I really think what we need to do is ensure that, uh, with respect to South Africa, that we seriously uh, implement the economic reconstruction and recovery uh, program because uh, the six key sectors it identifies are so important for our growth. And I note with the region that in fact, the priority areas are very, very similar. Uh, we're excited from the reports we got in our meeting as ministers that we are seeing an uptick in tourism numbers, uh, not just in Southern Africa, but the continent 
uh, as a whole is almost experiencing a spurt. We must keep that up. We must ensure we have uh, you know, adequate infrastructure. I understand in some countries uh, there were a lot of layoffs uh, due to lack of tourist uh, uh, numbers. And you now need to retrain staff or you know, get the hotels functioning maximally efficiently, servicing uh, uh, clients that are coming at a very uh, fast pace. Also raised um, in the meeting is the matter of air airlines, uh, that uh, passengers are not finding it easy to get around the continent. So that is something uh, we've got to give continued attention to. Now let's also look into the issue of peace and security and I think we'll start closer to home in Mozambique where the SNDF has extended its deployment uh, to that region, the northern region of Mozambique. How are we doing in that region? I've had uh, occasion to read both the report from the Executive Secretary of SADC but also I've met the Head of Mission, Professor Malomo, and I've met the commander of our own forces and the reports are encouraging but they do need consistent support from us they need equipment they need to know that we are there with them backing them up because uh, it's quite a difficult battle this thing of these uh, terrorists they are well funded they get in resources in arms uh, from all over the place so we must not relax at all. I get the sense that our personnel are very determined uh, in this mission, uh, but they, they do mention that they want that backup, they need that support. One would think maybe a meeting with the funders would also suffice to say, hey, stop giving them funds and weapons. You see, these are not people who fund in the open. Uh, we don't quite know the source of all of this as yet, uh, nor the associations uh, uh, with the particular group uh, that is in the uh, uh, region of Cabo Delgado. Uh, maybe we need to be doing much more uh, intelligence work to identify exactly who they are and what the sources of funding are. But our troops are making progress. Uh, there is ground uh, that they are taking over and we've got to maintain uh, that progress. We've got to make sure we have victory. Uh, we've, in discussion, said that we can't fail on this one, we must not. Also here in DRC, uh, the UN peacekeeping mission in DRC, MONUSCO, is also facing some renewed attacks from the M23 rebels in the east of the region. Uh, South Africa is also deployed here. What do we make of that? Well, obviously we're very worried uh, because we'd like you know, our soldiers to be safe uh, and all our, you know, the personnel that are deployed, police, etc., in the eastern uh, DRC. So it's a matter of concern, these increased uh, onslaughts and attacks against uh, the civilian population. And I think uh, MONUSCO must carry on its work uh, because all negative forces on the continent must be repelled. Our obligation is to establish peace and security so that we properly focus on developing our continent and so every force that stands as a barrier to our key objective which is modernizing and developing our continent that must be dealt with forcefully. I really hope that uh, the Security Council will agree uh, that we reinforce MONUSCO, uh, that we help them to repel uh, uh, these rebels 
uh, and ensure that we create conditions of stability and peace for the community of the Eastern DRC. This is really, you know, the only uh, mandate all of us uh, should have. And we, again, you know, just thank, you know, our brave men and women who are giving off themselves and uh, whatever we need to do to ensure that they're successful. We as SADC, we as South Africa, the globe as the United Nations must ensure we give that support. Tomorrow you are going to participate in a Troika. What are some of the deliberations we expect the Troika to discuss uh, prior to the summit? We hope that we'll be able to report on the work that we've been doing as the Troika South Africa as the chair at the moment. Uh, really looking at the mission in Mozambique, which is you know one of the key work assignments uh, that we've had from the summit. And the second would be to look at uh, issues such as Eswatini, Lesotho, and the uh, work that has been led by uh, the facilitator who support President uh, Ramaphosa as the key SADC facilitator. So we're hoping to report uh, on those areas of work, but also I would like to get a proper analysis of are we all doing what we should? Because we've made commitments that we're going to assist in Mozambique. Has everybody done what they had promised? Uh, it's important that we hold each other to account because it's no good to undertake a mission and then the promises are not acted upon. It leaves our forces in very vulnerable situations. So I am keen to have some form of accountability uh, from all of us as member states so that we assure our personnel who are sacrificing that uh, we are fully, fully with them. The summit is coming up next uh, with heads of state on Wednesday. When we leave, what would we like to have achieved from this summit? Several things. Uh, firstly, I think a sense of progress with respect to the key initiatives of SADEC, uh, among them being the regional uh, industrial uh, strategy, the indicative plan as it's called. We need to know that we are on track. We also then would need to be convinced and agree that the mission President Ramaphosa was assigned has been successfully concluded and that we've now, through the National Reforms Authority in Lesotho, arrived at a point where Basutu will take all these issues uh, forward in a context of peace and security. I think that would be wonderful to say that mission. You know, we just have the office exercise oversight, but essentially the core work uh, is done. And then I think we need to look at how do we work with Eswatini um, to again create, you know, a context in which everybody feels uh, that they enjoy freedom and democracy. Prior to COVID, one of the biggest mandates on the continent was about getting a permanent seat for Africa at the United Nations. UNGA is up next month. What is Africa's message to the UN this time around? Well, we've been consistent um, in saying that we want reform of the United Nations and particular reform with respect to the Security Council. We feel it's become more urgent given what has happened with respect to this Russia-Ukraine conflict. We wish to see a move to text-based negotiations. We have some form of model in front of us, and it's not just a wish 